did you know that you can stream the best of HBO's shows and more with the all-new Astro? Better than before, no rain interruptions, no repeats, just stream anytime and on demand via the Astro Ultrabox. It starts from only RM5990 a month, and you can find out more information at astro.com.my. You're listening to the Goggler Podcast, Uma and Bahe with you, and today we're going to be reviewing The Beanie Bubble, on Apple TV Plus. Now, Bahe, I have a fear that this is one of those movies that's going to fly under the radar. Also, because of the actors and writers' strike, there seems to be very little hype surrounding it. But it's actually really good. Like, I enjoyed it. I learned so much from this movie. It feels like it's a new way of telling a story. There's a cross-junction point between two parallel running stories that start when one ends. It's not as complicated as I'm making it sound. It's not Nolan. It's not Nolan, but it's a really exciting way to tell what can be a very, I want to say boring story, but they've added a new wrinkle in the storytelling to make it more interesting, I think. So this lands in a long line of movies that we've been seeing recently about products or based around products. So we saw the Tetris biopic. There was the thing about WeWork. There was a BlackBerry movie. We saw Air, which is about a shoe. There is the Uber one. It's a very American thing because obviously these products have come to dominate not just American culture, but global culture. And the Beanie Baby is one of those things. I don't know how big the Beanie Baby was in Malaysia, Mm. but in America, it was huge. It was mental. Yeah. This was... Just one of those crazy collectible bubbles that pop up every now and again. The comic book bubble was like that. The Magic the Gathering trading card bubble. All of these bubbles exist and then they kind of implode after a few years. NFT bullshit. And the Beanie Bubble tells the story of Ty Warner, who was this frustrated toy salesman until his collaboration with a group of women kind of grew this business into a global phenomenon. And what's interesting about this movie is that it isn't the story of Ty Warner. It's the story of the women behind Ty Warner. Now, these women do exist, but their names in the movie are different. And we spoke to the directors. We spoke to Kristen Gore and Damien Kulash. Also, I'm an idiot. When I was interviewing Damien Kulash, I just didn't put two and two together. Yeah. Because it just doesn't connect. And of course, it completely flew past me that he was the lead singer and guitarist of OK Go. Yes, yes, he is. Yeah. But here he is directing a movie. But yes, when we spoke to the directors, they said that while there were three actual women that filled these parts, the characters that they have in this movie are an amalgamation of many women. Yeah. That were involved in building Ty Warner's business. Yeah. The thing I didn't know about the whole Beanie Bubble, Beanie Baby craze was that these were like the first guys to exploit the internet. I haven't read the book. I haven't done any research before doing this because that's just how I roll. But there was a lot that was said in this film that made me really interested. They were the the first to have a 
customer facing website and not yep. just like a, you know contact us for more details kind of business website they were the first to truly weaponize eBay yeah i don't know if that's true but the timing seems right you know what i mean like the timing is right that they could have taken that opportunity this feels like a very american thing there was some interest here in the beanie babies but we never went that crazy i think my one nitpick with the show is that decision to not use the real women's names because i did some digging afterwards and i went down an internet rabbit hole and yes those women are now incredibly successful and they've done cool things since and i think unless the audience does the research they're never going to learn about who those actual women are unless they read the book or do their own googling because the point of this film is to highlight the women behind the man and in this case not a very nice man it's very clear when you're watching this movie that this isn't one of those misunderstood individuals oh no 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 he was incredibly selfish and very self-centered and maybe that's what it takes to build a billion dollar business but there were all of these unsung heroes behind him and i thought that if the function of this movie was to highlight those unsung heroes i think they missed the step by not using the real names that's true because at the end of the movie they have these little sort of vignettes about what happened to the characters as they move forward right the character of maya they sort of drop a little hint that she may have been involved in the pokemon craze that essentially has taken over the us i can't look that up because i don't know if that's true the text on screen says something clearly about how she is considered as the pioneering digital advertiser or digital marketer and i'm like i want to know more about her but i don't know who she is because yeah i can't google maya from the beanie baby you know what i mean no yeah. you got to do some digging and then you'll find her and yeah, then yeah you got to double yeah. down and all that stuff so you're right as a as a feature film if you're trying to showcase the women behind the man but then not tell us the women's real names it makes it seem like a weird thing to do otherwise i think the movie accomplishes what it sets out to do and in no small part due to its amazing cast like like zach galifianakis is unrecognizable it's been a long time since i've seen zach galifianakis not play zach galifianakis yeah. Yeah. and he was fantastic in this as was elizabeth banks sarah snook and geraldine wiswanathan who play the leads all of them are very good like you said there is this interesting timey-wimey way of telling this story in which all of these characters kind of intersect but don't and that really leaves you the audience yearning to find out what happens next it's a very smart way of telling this story it leads me to yearning about where these stories sort of happen because it's essentially being narrated by each of these three women separately but the timing doesn't happen at the same time yeah it doesn't line up it doesn't exactly. line up exactly until at one point it does and then you go oh shit that's where we are right and that that was interesting i really liked that i really enjoy these sorts of stories i know there are some people who are incredibly critical about these stories that are built around products and things but i think they speak to cultural phenomenons and it's very interesting that we get the back story to these cultural phenomenons a lot of the time if it's something very current we live it and we're stuck in it yeah. and so even if you think about air jordans we kind of grew up through that period and we experienced it as it happened 
And at that moment, you're not really thinking about the complexities of how it came to be. Yeah. And I think that's something that can only be looked at in hindsight. Because even when you think about the way Thai, the company, exploited the internet and used eBay, there was nothing to go off. It was the Wild West at the yeah. time. Yeah. Like even this idea of individuals having printed magazines and newsletters about Beanie Babies and who controls the rights to yeah. that and whose trademark it is, it was all new. Like right now, we think nothing of it. You and I can start an online fanzine yeah. on yeah. whatever, right? But back then, it was a complex undertaking. And of course, nobody knew where the legalities of anything were. For me, it was that one conversation when Ty Warner sits down with Maya and Maya says, oh, look, these people are selling the Beanie Babies for $50, $100, whatever, above markup. And Ty is like, They're stealing I'm going to sue them. Yeah. And on some level, Ty has a point. Yeah, you can talk about ownership having been given over to the consumer because they bought it. But now the argument can also be made that they are profiting off of my product, blah, blah, blah. So any other old school executive C-suite guy would say, look, I'm going to take eBay down, which they could have done. But it took a undergrad to say, look, this is an opportunity. This is, this is free marketing, essentially. We don't even think about a secondary market right now. There's yeah. no question about it. You buy a comic for four bucks and then you sell it for 70 bucks a month later and it's completely acceptable. There is no discussion, right? Yeah, yeah. I think for me, the biggest takeaway from this movie and why it stands out over things like Air and Blackberry and Tetris even is the focus on the women. Because so many of these products that have existed and have become a part of our cultural conversation were driven by men, or at least we think they were because yeah. we may not know about the women behind the scenes. Yeah. And so they become very male stories. And I think what makes the Beanie Bubble really cool is that there were these individuals who had enormous contributions to the way we look at products and we market products and we create products. And I don't think anyone knows about them. Like I think apart from a small group of niche individuals or maybe the people who have read that book, yeah, I don't think their names are in the public consciousness. So that for me makes this movie pretty cool and really, really interesting. I'll be honest, I didn't know T.Y. on the tags was his name. Same. I just thought it was the name of the company. I just thought it was the name of the company. I was like, oh, wait, no, it's his name. This isn't a great comparison because The Beanie Bubbles, a feature film, and Super Pumped was a series. But I found The Beanie Bubble the right way to tell a product biography because we've seen so much up to this point, right? We've seen, like you said, we've seen the WeWork one, which was great. There was Spotify one, which was a little meh on Netflix, I couldn't finish Super Pumped, the HBO one, only because it just didn't feel fun enough. It didn't feel, I'm not saying fun as in, fun as in fun, because neither was the Elizabeth Holmes one fun, but that one was very exciting, very well told, where Super Pumped felt like it's just, oh, look at Travis Kalanick be a real dick throughout the whole time and look at everybody love him. Whereas this, the Beanie Bubble, that focus on the women made it different, made it almost as if 
it wasn't them telling their own story, but them telling about their experiences being part of that story, which I felt like that slight shift made it more interesting. I really enjoyed this movie. I think it's a lot of fun. And I think you should watch it too. And it gives you some insight into a side of culture that you may not have known. I don't think it got very good reviews out of the United States. I haven't read any of them. But I'm convinced people were trying very hard to use understuffed in their headline because it feels like almost every reviewer out there felt the movie was understuffed. Droll, very, very droll. I disagree with that assessment. I think you should definitely give it a shot. And I think it's worth your time. It's not going to win any Oscars. But as a piece of entertainment and as a piece of cultural history, I think it does a very good job. Yeah. So watch The Beanie Bubble. It's streaming on Apple TV+. Plus. Let us know what you think when you've seen the movie. You know how to reach out, GogglerMY, all of our social media feeds. You can also email us on podcast at goggler.my or send us a WhatsApp on the Goggler hotline, 012-524-5208. If you drop us a line on any one of those platforms, we'll send you a link to join our brand new Discord server where you can chat with us in real time. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Gogler Podcast.